And more importantly, where you position your heart. Is that true? Um, geographically, it, that can be important to position yourself in the right place in regards to, you know, if, uh, friends you may have or jobs or location. Um, sometimes at this time of year, you're moving in. Some people move into Gladstone uh, and they're in a new geographical position. But, um, you, you know, the truth is, is that uh, whether we had a good year last year or a bad year, um, we bring ourselves with us, don't we? And so we've got to realize that the position of our heart, where we locate our heart, is ultimately a really important thing. And in thinking about that, you know, where we position the choices that we make this year will determine your outcomes and how your life goes. It's the choices, isn't it? You think about every choice you've made. Every choice that you've made throughout your life to this point has got you to where you are tonight. You're sitting here on the 6th of January 2019. You're here because of the decisions you've made. Um, and maybe because you're here, you've made some pretty good ones. Um, the truth is, I think over my life, I've made some good ones. Sometimes I've made some bad ones too. I, sometimes I have just wished God would just kind of give me such clear direction about stuff. Have you ever decided, said, God, just kind of give me neon sign in the sky or something, you know? And you've noticed that often, more often than not, that doesn't happen. It's not that God can't direct you that way, but he, he chooses not to. Have you ever kind of thought about that? I know it's a hard time, isn't it, Micah? Life is not easy. <laughs> I feel like doing that sometimes. Yes, I agree. Um, but, but, you know, um, I don't know. What was I talking about? Yeah, so this, this uh, yeah, you know, there's uh, decisions. And just say, God, would you just kind of really make it clear to me the choice I need made? You know, sometimes when you, if you're young, if you're not married, you're like, God, who should I marry? God, just put a, just kind of. Lightning bolt moment, just make it happen. Neon, oh, this is the one in church one day. Just, you know, so this, it doesn't happen like that. Sometimes positioning yourself in regards to work and employment, you're looking for jobs and, you, and you're really not sure. And, and there's several options and you're thinking, God, what do I do here? There's a lot of choices. And where you position yourself with your choices will determine your outcomes in 2019. And I just think, um, if we allow God to invade that space in our life and God, what, what's your direction? What's your wisdom? We can have incredible outcomes. And as Jeff said tonight, some real breakthroughs. You might be facing some things in the, this year that you know are going to be diff, more difficult kind of um, um, you know, transitions or difficult things you face. I want to tell you, with, with God can smooth the road as you go through those situations. He can. He makes, the, he makes the valleys level and the hills brought down. He just makes it so much easier. So that would be my sincere prayer because God incredible, loves his creation and that's you. Just loves you. He's got a great plan and purpose for your life. Do you believe that tonight? He's not to hurt you. He's not, he wants to bring you life and a blessing in your life. So I, I was just contemplating how we make choices and you know the importance of choices right at the start of this year. And the things that we've got to, decisions we've got to make as we move in. And, and, and like I said, God doesn't give us sometimes neon signs in the sky to tell us this is the direction, walk in it, and this is the decision you should make. But He gives us, He makes us responsible for our choices. He, he actually makes us kind of drill down and, and, and kind of work through the process of making the choice so that we make, in the end, a good, strong choice that we can own and that we're not. Um, Kind of like, because if you make a quick choice, sometimes it's, it's easy, isn't it? Oh, I'll just do this. And then, and then when you 
and you kind of learn that that wasn't right, the right choice. And, and he wants you to own that so that you continue to just take the time and work the process through so that you make good, responsible choices and be responsible for them. I, I find God grows me that way in my faith. He grows me in my life. Because I, I want the, the times that just, where he just blesses. And, but the breakthrough often comes after the process. Do you know what I mean? The process of doing the Christian walk with God. and um, it, it never just happens like that sometimes. It's just the process and then the breakthrough as he knows he's got your heart. So can I just draw your attention to a great Old Testament story? Um, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is David and, um, and Samuel. And I want to draw your attention to Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 to 12. And um, just to give you a quick outline of this story, it's a time when... Saul was king of Israel, and he'd uh, and basically God had said, um, "Saul's out. I need a new king." Saul had kind of stumbled many times, and it wasn't like God wasn't gracious to Saul. It's just that Saul, his heart was now positioned in a different direction that God wanted to take the nation of Israel, and so God says to the to the priest or the prophet Samuel, He says, "Hey, you got to find a new king because um, God actually knew who the king would be, but he." He said to Samuel, I, I'm, um, Saul, is, his heart's in a different position. He's in a different direction. And so he says, uh, he says to Samuel, I want you to go and, um, and uh, I want to take you uh, to Bethlehem and we're going to choose a new king. I can appreciate that um, uh, Samuel would have said, well, God, just kind of tell me who it is and we'll go and anoint him and we'll kind of, uh, and uh, we'll just get through that and it'll all be done and dusted and I can move on. Let's just do it in one afternoon or, or like, you know, a couple of minutes. Just says, tell me who the guy is. And, David, and God doesn't tell Samuel who the next king is to be. It's very interesting. And there's a whole process that happens as, God, as they choose the next king of Israel. This is a very important position. Um, because if you're king of Israel, you're kind of king of the whole world because that was the kind of the Middle East was the world in those days. I, you know, so Israel was a big nation. It was the biggest. And so there's a lot weighing on this decision. So we take up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 to 12. Is that cool? Um, I think Jeff's going to actually put it up there as we read it. Uh, now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning? Over Israel, fill your horn with oil. It was a horn that they had this oil, and they called it anointing oil. And he says, go, and I'm sending you to Jesse, the Benjaminite, for I've provided myself a king among his sons. Jesse had eight sons. Okay. Um, and Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. Understandable. Um, if Saul would kind of see Samuel's... Um, Going to find a new king is a betrayal, and you know Saul had no problems in just executing anybody who betrayed him or he thought was betraying him, and yet Samuel was being obedient to God. And Samuel said, "How long can I? Um, how can I go if Saul hears it? He'll kill me." Then, the, but the Lord said, "Take a heifer with you, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord, and invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name you." And so Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem which is the city of David, remember when, uh, you know, when um, Joseph and Mary had to go back to be registered, they went back to their inheritance because they were a, a, um, they were a, um, uh, they come from David's line, 
family line. So they went back to Bethlehem. So Samuel goes to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And so it was, when they came, they looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For the Lord looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? Position your heart. Got to position your heart in 2019. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made Shammah whatever you want to pronounce that name, passed by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. <laughs> and Samuel said to Jesse, are, there, are, are all the young men here? In other words, you got any more sons, Jesse? And then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And so he sent and brought him in, and now he was ruddy with bright eyes. In other words, he's, he's bronzed, kind of like, you know, tanned, uh, bright eyes, excited. He was good looking. I don't think he was too big. Um, and the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one, the youngest. Whoa. There you go. I want to talk to you about the process of making right choices. There's a process that often we take, uh, been, had to, often taken through when we need to make right choices. And we, of course, want to make right choices. But maybe like Samuel, we can be confronted with more than one choice. And we all seem to... And what do we do, as I've mentioned earlier? So let's see what God and the processes God can take us through in making right choices. Is that cool? You got any choice? I mean, I'm not just talking about the choices of what will you have for breakfast tomorrow morning. I'm sure God's cool if you either you can have Kellogg's or rice bubbles. I don't think that's the biggest issue in life. Do you agree? But concerning some of the things in life, uh, the bigger issues in life, I think we need incredible wisdom and guidance. So, if we look at this passage of scripture, it's an interesting scripture. This whole process. But my first simple thought is this, you've got to just learn to trust God. You may say, oh, well, we know that, but let me share with you how it unfolds. God chooses to send Samuel the priest to anoint David. God doesn't tell Samuel who the next king will be. I've mentioned this already, but you see here in the scripture the process that God takes Samuel through to choose David. Okay, As I said, I wish God would sometimes make it very clear to me. This is the direction, go in it. But it doesn't seem like it always happens that way. It's not that God can't. Um, and very rarely will God ever give you an audible voice of his to say, go. I've heard of several people who have. And that's wonderful. But, and I wish he'd speak loudly more often and audible. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, who'd like an audible voice? I mean, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Just two of us. Okay, are you there tonight? <laughs> Verses 1 to 4, God doesn't tell Samuel who the next king will be. He gives him some guidelines. He directs him to the next king. And he goes through this whole process. Um, son of Jesse has eight sons. You know, I can think Samuel was thinking this thought. Just tell me which one. <laughs> God doesn't do that. Samuel hesitates. And he says, you know, Saul will kill me, uh, you know, if he finds out. 
God gives him an alibi, gives him a kind of a, you know, it's okay, just pretend you're doing, you're going to go for a sacrifice. Saul won't get upset for a sacrifice. Okay. Verse 3, I'll point him out to you, Samuel, even if it takes a while, just trust me. See, trust in God. We'd like the answer now, but God has got like a day, two days, a year, maybe a while down the track that he's going to give you the answer or direct you to that. He wants to steer you to the answer. Sometimes we want the answer back here, but it's the answer's up here, but we've got to provide. And you know, in that process, you learn to draw near to God, don't you? And trust him. Because he's got this wonderful plan. It's just that we don't know the end result. And I think that's what faith is for. Faith in God. So he's saying to Samuel, really, just trust me. Samuel was obedient. That's a real key for trusting God, just obedience to him. Keep on doing the things that are important, the little things every day of living for God, you know. The little things make up a wonderful pile of real, and gives you to the, if you do the little things, it gets you to the answer. If you divert from his path and just do the, don't do the little things like his relationship with God, knowing his word, talking to him about life, praying, if you don't do the little things, you often find that you go a different direction and you'll never get to the answer that he has for you. So when we're having to make a choice or a decision, our first port of call needs to be the guidelines that God is giving us. See, God guided Samuel through the process. It's not this one, it's not this one, it's not this one. Seems a ridiculous process, but it's not ridiculous because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. But he, he gives guidelines. God continually gives us guidelines to truth to live our lives by. Okay, and it amazes me how when we face with decisions, we can forget what God has already told us in the guidelines. We can sometimes forget that in the process of decision-making. See, when I make a decision, as I mentioned before about a wife, you know, there was a guideline that was really simple. I didn't have to fast and pray about this one. God gave me a guideline. He says, you know, find a wife that actually believes in me. That was a good guideline for me. I didn't have to fast and pray about that. I'm th- if I'm going to find a wife, I'm going to have to find a Christian, a person who's, who's going in the same direction, who's got the same belief systems, who's got the same heart. So that's what, you know, it wasn't a hard one in that sense. Now, I think there's many you could choose, but, you know, as you follow God's guidelines, which one are you going to bump into first? Who knows? That's what, how it works. See, the Bible said, you know, gives you guidelines. The Bible actually said to me, you know, as I read it, it says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. I thought, well, that's a pretty good guideline. That's a pretty good truth. And sometimes with the choices, uh, which involve a great deal of emotion we ha- that have to be made, we have to be determined within ourselves to stand on God's truth and not just emotion alone. You know, um, sometimes decisions come up or choices come up and it slaps us in the face and we get this highly emotional highly emotive, and we've just got to be careful that we don't allow the emotions to drag us off center and take us away from the right path that we should travel. Would you understand that tonight? Um, thank you. You can talk to me. Uh, thank you, Ben. <laughs> uh, you know, so we've got to be aware that we've got to make clear decisions, not decisions just based upon emotions, hey? And that God's got direction. See, an example would be his guidelines. Once again, I turn to his word. It just says, there's a guideline here. Forgive those who despitefully use you as offenses will eat you up on the inside. There's a great guideline for life in making decisions. Don't make rash decisions. 
about that. Be slow to anger as it will consume you with revenge. Be slow to anger, you know, um, slow to speak, uh, quick to think, you know. Those guidelines of Scripture, um, love, don't love money as it can make you greedy and destroy you. There's a great guideline for life when you make decisions. So, so God, will I make the decisions to take the job that gives me, you know, $300,000 a year? Will I take the one, and it, but it makes me get away from my family? Or will I take the one that's only, you know, $70,000, but I'm able to see my family every day? You know, I don't know. You know, those kind of decisions. Is it based upon... You know, and, and the Bible says, well, don't let the love of money rule your life. So maybe then you make the decision to get, take the job that's $70,000, but you can see your family every day instead of being away for a month and get $300,000 when all they really want is you and not the money. You know, just saying. You know what I'm saying? Now, if a job comes up and glads for 300000 that's kind. That's good. You'll take that. That's the best, best of both worlds, isn't it? Mind you, I don't think there's such a job. $300,000. So, Psalm 119, 105 is a verse that just says, Your word is a lamp, Lord, to my feet and a light to my path. Um, he lights up my feet to show me where I'm standing, what I'm standing on. Is it truth? Am I standing on truth? Am I about to dive off into a decision based upon truth, or is it just... It's not truth. It's just hearsay or it's just fal- fables or is it just something that's really not solid? Because the, the Word of God, as you read it, will light up your path. Um, it, it's got some grace. Or is it just some suggestion that's, you know, that's, when you look at it, and you, oh, it's just some suggestion. It's just some idle thought. It's just an idea or just someone. It's highly emotive. You know, I'm emotional and, you know, this is what I'm going to do, you know. Um, See, the foundations, it's, it's foundations that are, we, we, we've got to solidify and strengthen our foundations by knowing the truth of His guidelines for our lives. So that we, when we step off in decisions, we know this is solid. This is not something that's just, you know, flowery and, and I'm going to fall right through and it's not going to be helpful. We're going to have some positive and um, important things. So Samuel had to learn to trust. Samuel had to trust God as his life really did depend upon it. Didn't it? He's going, he's going against the king. He's, there's a king who's a bit, you know, out there. Who's been, who's been, God has said he's no longer going to be king. And Samuel, who's been close to Saul, now has to be obedient to God and go out and find a new king. And his life depends on it that God kind of direct him and help him here because if he doesn't make the right moves and Saul finds out, he, he's executed. And so his life depended on, can I say, you making the right decisions and positioning your heart this year, it will be very much like that. Your life will depend upon it because the wrong decision, wrong path lead us down. And it may seem that sometimes we just make a wrong little decision, but you know what? It's the thin edge of the wedge and it can take you away from where we should be going. You know what I'm saying? So you've got to just it's, you know, be aware of that. It's... And the, the way our life goes will depend on the choices we make. There's a, there's a story of a man who was working on a, on a skyscraper, and he's, they've got built up to the 50th, 50th level, the 50th story, and he's walking across the top, you know, in the construction phase, and he makes a wrong choice of which panel he walks on, and he kind of steps on it, and it gives way, and he's now falling over the edge of the building. 
down 50 flights. He's just fall, free-falling. He's made a wrong choice up there, and he's falling over the edge. And at the, on the 21st floor is another construction, and he sticks his head out, and he sees his mate falling. And he, as he goes past, he says, how's it going so far? And the guy says, well, so far, so good. But who knows? There's a rude awakening coming. Right, and it's not going to be too far in the future. He's going to hit something at the bottom and you know, life will be no more. So what I'm trying to say there is the wrong decision might not have consequences till sometime in the future. And you think, oh, I shouldn't have made that decision. So it's good just to be guided by good guidelines so you don't make that wrong. You don't know what the consequences will be and it doesn't kind of reveal itself until a day or a week or so far down the track. Um, and it involves learning to trust God with our lives, trusting Him in the little things. Um, so important. I've made some decisions that I didn't find out till the consequences were kind of down the track. And you know, and you think, oh, praise God, I learned before I got to the end. I turned around, come back, and make the right decision. God's very gracious to us. Hey, we can learn. That's why there's a process. We learn. We learn. We learn. Um, here's another here's the second not only do we need to learn to trust God you notice what I said by I learn to trust sometimes we just think oh trust is trust no I think it's a process of getting out of old habits of trusting things in this world and learning to trust our heavenly father you know you build trust you build faith and uh, that's what he wants you to do so look the, the second thought with this passage in making right decisions is look beyond the obvious just, you get a whole lot of decisions that come at you, you know, options, there's lots of options, you know, you go into the supermarket, there's lots of options, if you want to buy milk, for instance, you know, I can buy fat-free, you know, every kind of milk, I just want milk that tastes like milk, you ever heard that ad? You know, so there's lots of options, and sometimes when you're making decisions, you've got lots of options, or well, which one do I buy? Praise God, it's, milk's really not a big issue, but there's some of the issues that and need to be made, and there's some options come at us. And it says in one, um, verses 6 and 7 of 1 Samuel, let me read it again. So it was, when they came, they looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart. So <clears throat> lots of options. Samuel had seven options. God didn't have any of them. The eighth option was the option that God wanted him to take. Sometimes the choice wants to slap us in the face and say, pick me, pick me, pick me. But that's not necessarily the right choice. It looks very obvious. Oh, there's the answer. But it's not necessarily the right choice. So Samuel sees Eliab and, and it's like a Dwayne Johnson and a Hugh Jackman and a Bruce Willis all wrapped up in one. He's tall and handsome and muscular. And they, this must be the next king. But it was the very first one. He was the first guy to come before Samuel. And God says, no, 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 no. He looks the part. But I don't need a guy who looks good on the outside. I don't need a show pony like Saul. I need a man with a heart after me. And so the choice wasn't as obvious as Samuel thought it would be. And sometimes with choices, it's the same with us. It's not as obvious as you think it will be. I, um, I was at a, a um, supper one night after church many, many years ago. Like I'm talking 20 years ago, but I still remember this story because it's so vivid in my mind of what happened that night. My brother, my younger brother, lived in Gladstone those days. And um, 
And we all, we'd come to church and then we went to supper at someone's place. I've even forgotten whose place it was. There was a lot of food for supper. And in the middle of the table was a pile of lemmingtons. Some of you might remember this story from years ago, but there's a pile of lemmingtons. And um, on the very top of the pile of lemmingtons was the biggest lemmington. It was bigger than the rest. Okay? So um, my brother, um, you know, I was kind of watching him and so um, were some others. And he didn't think anybody was watching him, but he kind of snuck over the table. And he, and he kind of looked around and he grabbed the big lemmington off the top of the pile and he brought it back and he stepped back, you know, not to make a scene. And, uh, and you know, it smelled like a lemmington. It tasted like it had chocolate and coconut on the outside. And then he bit into it and inside it was sponge rubber. So his teeth rebounded off the uh, lemmington and, and several people knew. I didn't know at the time, but several other people had set it up. And we're just waiting to catch someone out. And it was my brother they caught out. And uh, every, they're laughing. And then everybody else starts to laugh. And eventually my brother did too. Um, but initially he was a bit embarrassed. I'll, oh, you know, who done this? You know? um, so the point of the decision is, see, what looks big and bright is not necessarily the decision you need to make. It might seem like it's the best, but it's not always the obvious. And that takes a little bit of time, just spent sometimes in saying in God's presence or just saying, God, would you lead me clearly? Because I don't want to make, because not every carrot is the way you should go. You know what I mean? The carrots that just tempt you to go and take that. Um, I remember many years ago, many years ago, oh wow, lots of years ago, that I had a phone call from a very big church in Brisbane that needed a youth pastor. Before I was senior pastor, I was youth pastor here. And they rang me and said, are you interested? And I kind of went, oh, this must be God. This must be, it's a big church. It was the biggest church in Queensland. And they were saying, you know, they didn't say I had a position. They were just interested in, in me and interviewing me to become their youth pastor. And I thought, oh, this must be God, you know. And uh, I was really excited. And, um, yeah, it was a carrot. Yeah, but anyway, let me get to the story. It's what happened and unfolded was I, I, I kind of sat on it for a day. And then I went and talked to Michelle. And she says, that's not God. I said, what? <laughs> She's... I don't know. Maybe it was just the pizza I ate the night before. I don't know. But I thought God was giving me direct guidelines. And, and, um, and anyway, I kind of sat on it for two weeks and it wasn't. And, um, and uh, I never rang him back. And only about three years ago, I was talking to the guy who initially rang me. He says, why didn't you ring me back? And to be honest, uh, at the time, I didn't know I was supposed to. I thought he was going to ring me again. So maybe it was good. Uh, <laughs> See, the decision needs to, need to be based upon wisdom. And anyway, just after that, this whole situation here in this town and God, God's will and direction for me unfolded as I kind of trusted him and, you know, and said, oh, gee, starry lights of the big city is not for me, obviously. And, you know, I had it all, you know, my eyes of, I thought it was all ahead of me, you know. But um, God had something else planned. And it wasn't the brightest and the biggest. It was, I needed wisdom. And so decisions that we make need to be based upon wisdom. You know, what is the center of it? It might look good. It might be chocolate coated with coconut. But is, is that the best decision? You know, it might be, you might be big and handsome and muscular. But is that the big, right decision? No, often, sometimes it, it may be. But you've got to give it time and you'll see. See, we've got to make the right decision. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says, wisdom shouts in the streets. He cries out in the public square. What's that about? 
Or sometimes in the busiest places of life, wisdom is yelling out, but there's all these other distractions. All the people, this is where people would gather. She calls out in the crowds along the main street, and they're in front of the city hall. That's where people gather, where the buying and selling of goods would have happened in Jerusalem. And yet that's where they say, you know, in the midst of that, you've got to hear the voice of wisdom over all the other voices in your life telling you what's truth. And, and it takes sometimes, you've got to just calm your heart and just say, what is the truth here? What is the direction? So let me finish with this thought. Not only is it trusting God, not only is it looking beyond the obvious, but there's no quick, quick answers. And I've been intimating this, be patient. There's no quick answers. In 1 Samuel, verses 8 to 11, Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And then neither is this one chosen God. And then the next son... And then the next son, and Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. And then Samuel said to Jesse, are there any others? And then he said, there remains the youngest. And, he brought, and Samuel said, come on, bring him here. We will not sit down until he comes. And as soon as David walked in to the whole scene, God said, that's the one. And Samuel anointed David, this young man, maybe 16, 15 or 16 years of age, of course, that he wasn't going to become king straight away. There was a big process awaiting him. But um, Samuel knew he had his men and that God had his men and he anointed him. Why did God take Samuel through such a process of selection? Uh, when he could have just told him, because the process of finding out what is not the right decision is just as important as discovering the right decision. And what do I mean? Well, every time you knock on the door... And it closes, you establish a stronger foundation for what is the right answer because you discover what is eventually right. And when you discover, and when you go through the process, you kind of knock back all these other decisions. Every time you do that, you solidify and strengthen the decision you finally make. I'll explain it to you. When Samuel had everyone present, every time God said to Samuel, no, not this one, God was setting in place the truth of verse 7, which says God does not look at the outward appearance, he looks at the heart. And everybody would be going, wow, so it's not though that guy, it's not that son, or it oh, must be this son, no, it's not. Well, he mustn't have the right heart. So when they finally got to David, guess what they were saying? He has the right heart, obviously. So it solidified and strengthened their decision they finally made. And you've got to understand, um, that was very important. Um, um, they would have been saying, as each was rejected, each son was rejected, well, he must not have the right heart requirements. And you can imagine Jesse, the father, saying, well, this son must be the next, he must, he's, you know, he's a good man, he's obedient, he's a good son. And every time that he would be rejected, um, it would solidify the final decision they made. And so finally David steps up and he's the, he's the one. And so everybody says he must have the heart after God. Do you know why this selection process was so important? Because years later that were to follow, David needed to know, think about this, David needed to know that uh, through all the things that he went through, all the pain that he went through, he needed to know. Remember he was hunted like an animal by Saul. Saul didn't give up his position of king very easily. Ten years, Saul wanted to kill David. I mean, David had married his daughter, so he wants to kill his son-in-law. I haven't got to that point yet, but beware. <laughs> I've got three daughters. Haven't wanted to kill the two of them yet, but the third one, look out. You know, you never know. Um, no, I'm just joking, just joking. So David, Saul wants to kill his son-in-law. Oh, That's a great family, isn't it? 
So what do you think David was thinking through 10 years of being running around the countryside, hiding in caves, being chased by his father-in-law? He's thinking, God, I'm just thankful that you've anointed me. If no one else thinks it, no one else believes it right now, I still can trust you. And so the decision you make now can pull you through in the difficult times if you make the right decision. See, he had his wife taken from him, and he knew he was, but he knew he was the one God had chosen because God had said it, and it was the right choice. Because of the process, David would never have second thoughts about maybe um, you know, it was one of the other brothers. Maybe, maybe Samuel just got it wrong on the day. It was really Eliab. I mean, he's much taller, handsome, and more muscular. You know, he, he's better looking. So maybe it was. No, there was never a time. Because David knew God had made the right choice. And Samuel had gone through the process. And when we go through the process of decision, you just don't make a quick one, but are patient about it, um, we'll know that the final decision. Every time we find a dead end or a, a, a door that's closed, it'll just solidify the door that opens for us. So, see, it made, it made the choice of David very strong. Can you appreciate how uncomfortable how unconfident you will be when you make a quick decision and decisions based on emotional, uh, emotional line. Uh, they're not sometimes good decisions. And when you go through the process, don't despise it. Don't get impatient. It'll make the last choice the only right choice, but a strong choice in life and how you do life. And patience, patience. Um, some of us struggle with God and ourselves because we're impatient and we want what we want right now. But God says, it's okay, in all in good time. God's timing is wonderful, you know. And, you, and often the Bible says things like, suddenly things happened. You'll see that several times in the New Testament. It was, it, the truth is, it was suddenly for them at the moment, but there was a great process to bring him to the suddenly, that God will do that. There's a process usually that happens. Luke chapter 21, verse 19, it says, By your patience possess your souls. What's it saying? Your soul is a word that means your emotions, your thought processes, your attitudes about life. He says, and the scripture says in Luke 21, by patience, you'll be able to just rein in your emotions so that they're level and not up and down, and you'll be able to make right decisions. Patience. Um, when you have patience, you allow your emotions, you don't allow your emotions to rule over your heart, and decisions are based on um, the right decisions. Okay, give yourself time to make right decisions. If, can I just have the musos come up? If you push back to make a quick decision, maybe it's not the right decision. Quick decisions. Well, you know, do this now, do this. No. You know, if someone says, you know, to make a life-changing decision within a matter of hours or days or even you've got to do it this week, maybe you need to think about it and say that's probably not the right decision. It looks so good, but it must be the, it must be the right decision. No, just give, if, you, if, if, if a person can't give you time to make a good decision, maybe it's always going to be the bad decision, so just get rid of it anyway. David was not the preferred choice or the obvious choice, but he was the right choice. Can I say, make the right choice in 2019? And when you make right choices, it positions your heart. So then you make good decisions and you move on in blessing and you move on in excitement and all that God's got for you. And you don't move on into something that's going to be uh, detrimental or destructive to your life. Can we stand tonight? Learn to trust Him. 
Learn to look beyond the obvious. Be, you know, let by patience possess your own emotions and thoughts processes. By patience. Can I just pray for you tonight? We're going to just, we're going to worship in a moment before we close. But I, I, I wonder if tonight that you just need to come and lay some stuff before God and say, as I move into 2019, I invite you just to come and stand before God at the front here. And it's just like saying to God, God, I just lay these things before you. I just draw near to you because I'm really not quite sure. We're not going to make a big thing of it. I just, I just think sometimes you've got to step out. Literally, and just present yourself to God and say, Father, I'm not sure the answers. It's, I need faith and direction on this, but God, I just yield to you and surrender to you. So I invite you as we just worship and sing in a moment, that just come forward and let him and just talk to God. It's not a matter of um, you know um, uh, coming and saying, oh, that's a big... No, it's a step of just faith and just that you'll trust him. But let me just pray. Father, I thank you for every person tonight. I thank you that you're a God, that God has got the incredible life for us. It actually talks about abundant life. It's just that sometimes it doesn't feel abundant, Lord, but that's because I probably don't trust you as much as I should. So, Father, I pray that you'd help us to lean into you today, tomorrow, at the start of this year, so that we can build faith and trust you, Lord. I pray that, God, that you'd help us not to be to run after the bright and shiny stuff that maybe isn't the answers and not the obvious stuff. But Lord, to lead into you and find out what truly the truth is and the direction you want for us. And Father, I just ask you to strengthen us to be patient, just to, to know that you're not, you're not a God that doesn't do quickly because you do sometimes, but God, that often the process is just as important as the answer and that you want us just to allow that to, to unfold. And so, Father, we present ourselves before you. And even tonight, we just come for this one moment and we worship you and honor you and come and step forward into asking, Lord, that you would take control and direction of our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on. Just for a moment, we're just going to sing this song. And you're welcome. I, I, I don't know if anybody's going to pray for you or anything, but we're just going to come and just for a moment worship.